Hello and welcome to Photographic Connections, the podcast where we create connection to self, nature and others through the art of photography. My name is Kim Grant, the founder of Photographic Connections and your host for this podcast. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Bernard Gary onto the podcast. Bernard is an Irish photographer who runs very successful photography workshops in both Ireland and worldwide. We speak about his passion for photography, how he's outdoors at every opportunity available to him and how he's gone on to create the successful workshop business by creating beautiful experiences for others and showing them the delights that nature has to offer. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Bernard Gary. Hi Bernard, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast this week. I want to say a huge shout out once again to some of our listeners because it was one of them that very kindly recommended you as a potential guest. So it's really lovely to be introduced to your work and get the chance to speak to you today. And what I always like to begin with with guests is for them to go way back to the beginning of their journey and share the story of what got them into photography in the first place. So you said we've only 40 minutes, is that right? Yes, roughly. <laughs> How is an hour and 40 minutes if I go back all the way? <laughs> um, yeah, listen, Kim, thanks very much for having me on. Um, you know, it's it's nice to be asked. It's nice that someone requested that I be on. Um, apologies if people see me when the video comes out. My AirPods don't tend to stay in very much. So, um, But no, listen, obviously ha- very happy to be on and, and stuff like that and yeah, listen, if I was to go back to the very start of my photography journey, it, it's not actually that far. Um, it's only back to 2015, 2016, um, when I first purchased the camera. And uh, to be honest, I used to do, I, well, I still do a lot of hiking, and, and that's kind of what brought everything on, um, was was just, you know, um, my, my hiking and stuff. And, you know, kind of like everybody, without delving too much into it, I think, uh, probably mental health played a, a, a played a part in 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 why I purchased the camera. Um, and and nothing crazy as I said. I won't delve too much into it, but yeah, just a couple of things in in life just kind of shifted, and I didn't feel myself, and just spoke to my doctor, and you know he asked me a series of questions, which was uh the main one being you know and and what's your favorite hobby outside of like football and stuff like that, and I said well hiking. So he said, and, you know, do you document, you know, everybody's doing these YouTube videos and, and, and take it into account, this is kind of seven, eight years ago. So, um, yeah, basically, I was like, no, I don't document, but like, you know, I just have my phone. And obviously back then, um, obviously back then, uh, phones, you know, didn't have great cameras and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was that was kind of the start of it I remember going into Harvey Norman's then and uh, about a week later and and just saying okay I just telling this guy I wanted a camera and this guy helped me he was very very good still works there to this day but my first camera was like a Fuji XM1 Um, I think that's how it was and it was like a mirrorless camera Um, but like interchangeable lens and, and I thought it was great you know and that just kind of got me started really, you know, and I used to take it on my hikes and, and I was obsessed. I remember being obsessed with getting this bouquet, you know, I seen like photos of like a bottle, you know, with a bottle in focus in the background blur, or you might see a person, you know, and then the in, in focus in the background blurred. And I just wanted that effect, but not necessarily in people. I tried to get it in the landscapes, like literally like I'd be shooting a mountain 
miles away and i'd be wondering why i couldn't get the sky blurred and the the the, the mountain in focus and obviously then start to understand what aperture was and, and it doesn't quite work like that you know um and my first ever ever long exposure was me running the kitchen tap you know um so it just goes to show like that it can you know all these silly things that we find silly and possibly stupid are not really at all these are literally how you learn and, and these are questions i get asked then obviously doing workshops now you know people always say i, I want to ask a question but maybe it's a stupid question i'm like listen trust me i've been through it all there's no such thing as a stupid question and that's kind of how it it developed you know just by that was how i first bought my camera you know brilliant you'd mentioned there a little bit about your mental health so what did you find with photography you know what did it give you in terms of improving your mental well-being at the time um, I suppose it gave me a reason to to get up and get out early in the morning. Um, you know, like it's easy, I think, when you're not feeling great. And listen, I wasn't feeling that bad. I just didn't feel myself. But it's not, it, 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 you know, you can totally get engrossed in, you know, like staying up late at night, not getting up out of bed uh, until, you know, 11 or 12, you know, in, in the morning if you're not working and stuff. So photography just gave me a chance to say see things in a new light literally because you know we're, we're looking at sunrise and sunsets and stuff like that which are a different light um and it just gave me a reason to get up and i became totally engrossed in it then and you know went from getting up at like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock 12 o'clock to getting up at three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock you know um and that's that's it, it just just totally took over my life literally and that's how it led to 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 accidentally becoming my job mm. it's amazing i mean i got into photography when i was a teenager and at the time i was battling with really quite severe depression and anxiety to the point where like i didn't want to be alive anymore um and photography actually gave me it's it, I, I say it saved my life because like, it literally did it gave me a way as you said there of seeing the world in a different light it gave you an excuse or an initiative to get out and you started seeing the world differently and it, it's nice to hear that that you had a, a very positive experience there as well with your mental health and then what's well, gone on then for you you know in some ways there's some similarities here you know as well you kind of started it as a hobby it was helping you at the time with your well-being and now you've gone on to do these you know big workshops around the world and it's been a very different process for me but I I'm sort of in the same sort of route as you as well which is it's lovely to to have that in common and you're of course based in the beautiful Ireland so it's no um, difficulty to see why you were so inspired by the landscape what do you love so much about your home country? Um, so I like it's just how the light the light is different you know um there's certain parts of the country where it doesn't matter what the weather you will get something and i know the same can be said for a lot of places we don't we're not the only moody place to shoot and stuff like that so but just it's i suppose we have such a diversity of stuff you know there's some places in the world that are known for waterfalls there's some places in the world that are known for seascapes some known for mountains and and we kind of just have it all, you know, like Scotland, you know, we do, we have, we have it all. We've got castles, we have, you know, seascapes, we've sea stacks, we've sea arches, we've cliffs, we have amazing, amazing lighthouses, you know, um, and mountains and, and lakes and, you know, mist. And when you have all these elements, it's, it's quite easy to go out and find something, you know? Um, and, and honestly, it just, it just blows me away. And, the thing is, the first thing I wanted to do when I kind of honestly fell into doing photography workshops, it was totally accidental. Basically, I was just out 24-7, sunrise, sunset, had a job as well. So I was like 
getting up at three or four in the morning, driving one way to go shoot sunrise or whatever, coming back, you know, home uh, to get a shower and stuff, and then going the opposite way to go to work. And this would all be before eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And I was just doing that constantly and constantly. And I remember the girl I was with at the time, which, you know, thankfully get on very well with her now. Um, but she said, like, something has to give. Like, something has to give. You're gone all the time. And, you know, I was. And then, obviously, you're going to be. You're not, you know, I went from getting too much sleep to getting barely any sleep because you're out for astro. And back then, as well, when I started, we were in solar maximum. So, honestly, even though I was down in the Midlands of Ireland, it felt like every night I was getting Aurora. So, like, it just, it, it just didn't matter. I was out. So then I kind of made this joke and said, okay, well, you know, I am, I suppose, out all the time, so I'm just going to start doing workshops. And everyone laughed, and I suppose I kind of laughed. And here we are seven years on, and, you know, I've got to travel the world, and it's done full circle, and COVID came. And and I went from, I suppose, before COVID traveling 40 weeks of the year, probably 30 weeks of that abroad, uh, running workshops everywhere, and and then COVID came and when COVID came, I just seen everything else in a new light as we all did, I think. And, and I realized that this, this, this life on the road 24 seven wasn't for me. Um, and, and that led me, I still do some international stuff, but that just led me to say, okay, well, I need to concentrate on Ireland. I need to concentrate on my first love. And since I really put time and effort into getting people into Ireland and said, okay, Bernard, you need to stop thinking on your own. Now you need to start like, taking a step and stop being afraid and start collaborating with people. Um, and honestly, the best thing I've ever done. And now next year, for instance, I probably 75% workshops in Ireland with people from the States, from Iceland, Germany, Norway, Switzerland, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just led me to, to, to pretty much being full-time in Ireland now, which is, is where I want to be, you know? Mm. That's incredible. And I mean, Ireland's an, an amazing country. I've been there twice, not for photography, but just for kind of holidays back when I was younger. And the moment I was there that I just felt something. It's such a special country. And as you rightly say, it's a bit like Scotland, you know, around every corner almost there's new opportunities. And it's lovely that you now have, you're kind of back to that roots and you're going back there and, and really connecting with your homeland. Because I guess, you know, that's what you know so well, where your passion is, where you began. And it's like you're reconnecting with that, which is, is amazing. And how you've been able to develop your workshops to get to the stage where you're doing so many and they're selling out. It's, it's incredible. How did you get to that stage? Like, was it quite like easy from the beginning or did you have a lot of trial and error to get you to where you are now? Um, like I had a lot of trial and error, like, you know, no business just takes off. And, and some, you know, sometimes people think, oh yeah, like he's just done it and that was it. But how I kind of started, and this was again, accidental was, kind of I was only after joining Facebook and at the time I set up my company um and was selling workshops I hadn't even set up an Instagram account you know um which is which is crazy because Instagram is so you know important for businesses and and, and creatives these days um but it just honestly it just feels like it just happened it really does I did put in the shift and kind of what I used to do when you know the doctor said to me do you document everyone's on YouTube now I didn't do that, but what I did was when I got my camera and started getting out and about every single morning, morning, noon, and night, I, I start doing Insta, uh, Facebook Live videos. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, I was getting thousands and thousands of views, and this was before the algorithms and stuff. So I think if I'd maybe started a year or two later, when algorithms started to change, it might not have went that way. And it sounds weird enough, like I'm not the only one in the world that has a beard, but 
I've had this literally since I was 17 years of age and I've just become known, you know, for my beard, which is weird. Everyone, everyone like just got to recognize me and, and, and people in Ireland start saying hello and oh, I recognize you from Facebook because such and such shared your video and it, it kind of spiraled on and, and it's nice to know that people know you um, and, and that's great and just I just I, I'll never forget my first ever international workshop was October 2016 in Sky, Isle of Sky in Scotland. I, I went three or four times and I scouted but the mad thing is before I got into photography, I'd seen the fairy pools and stuff like that on on online and magazines, and I thought, "Wow, this is just a phenomenal looking place," and it it is obviously, but I never thought anything of it. And and it was only when I got into photography, I realised this is only across the road. You know, I honestly thought this fairy pools was could have been anywhere in the world. So the first thing I did was went to the, went to Sky and went to the ferry pools and went to obviously store. Actually, the first time I went to Scotland or Sky, I didn't even go to the store. I didn't know of it, you know. But I just become totally immersed in 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 Sky and to date I've been there maybe twenty five times. You know, I just loved it. But I scouted it three or four times and I got to know it and got some shots. And of course, first few workshops you're winging it. You know, fake it till you make it. You know yourself. And I'll never forget going to shoot the Aurora at a place called the Hill of Tara in the Midlands in County Mead. And I remember being with my friend Ian and I had Facebook at the time, no website, no nothing, no Instagram. And I remember just like putting up this Isle of Sky workshop, you know, three nights. I think it was like 500 euros at the time per person, which I was making about 100 quid in total, you know, bringing four people. And I just said, ah, I'll throw it up there now and then I'll leave the phone in the car and we'll go shoot an Aurora and see what happens. Did that, published it on Facebook, put it together, published it on Facebook, went out, shot Aurora for a couple of hours, came back into the car and looked and like literally my Facebook just exploded. People, that, that was after selling out and, um, you know, people were, come on, do another one, do another one. I ended up doing like four that year. Four, like, again, it was dirt cheap, but like it got me started, you know. Um, and my first ever Irish workshop was just a one day Wicklow workshop. Uh, which is in the east coast of Ireland here, a beautiful place for waterfalls and mountains. And I think it was like a full day, which to me back then was like not understanding light. And it was like 50 euros per person. And we were out for like 13 hours and I had two people on it. You know, and, and that's how it started. And, and some people might say, why have the prices gone up? You know what I mean? Because you do get better. You do get more experienced. And, you know, for instance, now I've just sold 16 spots for Greenland next year without even advertising it you know um and and that's nice and 16 is a lot of people but with two big boats you know so eight on each boat so it's not a workshop where 16 people are going to be lined up but that's kind of where it's where it's gone now you know um so it's yeah very grateful had those tough times covid was tough to get through but yeah just it just spiraled and 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 literally just snowballed there like I'm, i'm very grateful i never had to advertise on on Google or advertise on Facebook or advertise on on Instagram. Never once did I have to pay for an advertisement uh, or a sponsor post. Um, I never got any sort of like digital marketer. I never got any sort of like crazy technique to help me. I, I literally up until about a year ago, I only heard of SEO and keywords for my website that I have like obviously a few years now. So it's just been potluck i suppose look at the irish some might say but it's just snowballed mm. you know 
It's absolutely incredible. I think maybe part of your success has just come from your passion. You know, people can, I can just hear in your voice how passionate you are about it. And you're so dedicated to going out there because you just love it so much. And then people are then seeing your enthusiasm online and then they're resonating with it. And they're like, I want to experience some of these incredible moments for myself. And I guess, you know, starting with Ireland as well, you know, you obviously had a lot of local people watching your live videos on on Facebook and and people that could come to those workshops in the beginning and then as you branch out it's I just love how successful you've been with this because it's clearly a big passion of yours you clearly love it and you're getting to see and experience incredible things with so many like-minded people yeah it's honestly and honest to god like I had so much advice from people I met up with other tour operators like and you know I got so much advice from amazing people my dad's a businessman you know and um, I've, I got obviously a lot of advice from him, but I, like people always said, number one, never name the company after yourself. Of course, I ignored it, and you know I'm not going to complain. Uh, another thing was never like get too close to clients. Never become you know you don't want to become too friendly with them. Honest to God, I I have too much too many friends to list, you know, and that is like it's it's really not a complaint like. I just don't know where to start. I have, you know, friends all over the country. And, and every time I bring groups in, like, as I say, Switzerland and the US, like I had a guy over from the US um, last week, a client, um, and he couldn't believe everywhere we went, you know, I knew someone or someone knew me. And, and and that's not me saying, oh, everybody knows me. That's just, it's amazing. I love just having conversations with people. I love just like hearing people's stories. I love people knowing my story, you know? Um, and, and it's very nice to be known and it's very nice to you know for someone to come up and be like oh Bernard how are you you know such and so I'm such and such and you know I followed you from day one and I've clients from day one that still come away with me now you know honest to god like I, I've just you know so many friends it's just amazing it really is I'm so grateful um, and yeah passion is 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 one thing like I strive for is 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 I don't want this falseness you know pretending to someone oh we have an amazing sunrise right now just to try get them excited I want people excited I want people to see my genuine uh, excitement and I don't want to just do photography workshops or photography tours I want to create a whole experience you know right guys up for sunrise blah 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 we'll go if we get nice light great and the good thing about Ireland as well obviously we do this abroad but in Ireland coffee has just exploded uh, cafes have exploded to there's so much competition now you cannot let the ball drop so food is just unbelievable everywhere coffee is unbelievable everywhere and of course that helps us I don't drink coffee because I need coffee in the morning you know I don't I haven't had one yet and I might not have one today but we go out for a sunrise with a group and then you're you're mad to get a coffee not because of the caffeine or because you're up early because you want to reminisce about that amazing light you just got you know, and, and, and you're just literally hearing the excitement and, and you know, we repeated over the course of a day about how great that day was and that morning was, you know, and that is honestly one of the best feelings you can ever have is knowing that you got them people that paid their time off work to be away from their family, kids, pets, they, they did that to be with you and you've done good and they keep talking about it. Like there's no better feeling in the world. 
It's amazing. It's clear there from you've been so true to yourself. You know, you mentioned there about the business kind of strategies that people recommend to you. And, you know, I've gone down that route in the past of looking into these things. and It's just never felt right. And then I've ended up doing things that I've then ended up changing. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you clearly love the adrenaline, the buzz and all that, that kind of way of doing workshops. And I've, I've tried that and I've enjoyed it. But I'm now completely redefine, redefining my workshops. And next year I'm going to be doing much more immersive nature, mindful photography weekends rather than the going around location based workshops because that's true to me but I kind of feel like I've gone into the traditional workshop sense because it's I guess what what we believe is what a workshop entails but I've realized it's not quite me and it's now creating something that is much more me that I can fully give to the clients which you you know you have fully found yourself in what you do which is is so beautiful and you can just yeah the passion in your voice is so inspiring (laughs) yeah listen thanks a million like it does it does mean a lot like and and you know what? If you would have said to me three, four years ago, like I'm doing these mindful weekends for photography, I'd be like, oh, here we go, you know. But on, honest to God, right? Like COVID took a lot out of people. And, you know, I always, listen, I always care about people's feelings. I can spot a mile away if someone is not feeling okay. And I like to just literally, sometimes it's physically putting an arm around them. I don't care if you're a 20-year-old, you know, man or woman or an 80-year-old man or woman. I'm going to put my arm around you physically. And I'll hug you if I have to um and and like the thing is like you can see now when i've obviously gained more experience on on looking at how observing people you know observing people physically to see okay what can i push them to do you know but i don't want to push them out of their comfort zone knowing they're out of their comfort zone i want to do it in a safe way that they feel safe they trust me 100 percent, and then all of a sudden they're like oh i'm down here how did i get down here I wouldn't like I never you know but but also then you know what you're saying about the the, the more intimate approach and and the mindfulness side I've realized that as well is so important because I get some clients who like listen when you have a group of, of four or five you know sometimes like you know you could be away one side one person and there's another one struggling the other side and you know you want to get over there before the light is good and and sometimes people don't get the light some they don't get the shot they want Sometimes in in general, when I'm out on my own, I don't get the shot I want. That's not because I'm not giving them enough attention. It's just sometimes things happen. You know, sometimes you are away with someone else and you think that person is comfortable and they've told you they're comfortable, but then they're struggling with something else and they're getting frustrated. But when I can and have time to react to that frustration, um, and as well, if I think, okay, the light's gone in a bit now, the cloud's moving this way, in about 10 minutes, that light is going to be coming back out and it's going to be amazing. I need to prepare this person that's stressing out, that's getting a bit caught up in themselves, you know, and getting frustrated with settings or, or or how, you know, the light is reacting to them or whatever. And I just go over and I just say, listen, just turn off the camera for a minute, just just one minute. And let's just step back two, three feet from the tripod and let's have a chat. And I'm like, what's up? And they might say, listen, I'm just finding this frustrating or that frustrating or I can't get this right and I can't get that right. And I said, right. And you're getting mentally frustrated. And, and that's when, listen, we know mistakes happen in any walk of life you know for distracted driving it can lead to catastrophic events if we're distracted walking we can fall over if we're distracted when doing photography we might not get the shots you know and we become mentally distracted and you know we just don't get it so what i like to do is just ask a series of questions you know have your family yeah have your job yes have you a house yes have you a car yes and does the car give you trouble do you ever have difficulty with the family? Do you ever have difficulty with the house, water leak or electrical 
supply fault or whatever. And they all, yeah, you know, we've all had these problems. And I said, exactly. Now answer me this. Why are you doing photography? And it's like, well, it gets me away. It gets me out. It gets me about. And I said, exactly. You have all these stresses you use photography to get away from. Don't let photography become one of them. You know, and and like it, it, they're silly kind of questions, but they're all true. None of us do for some do photography for different reasons, but most of us we do it to get out and about. You know, just because we may get a shot or we might not get a shot, or just because we might get the conditions or might not get the conditions, we were out. We gave ourselves a fighting chance and we were out. You know, and we got away from the argument you might have had with the brother or sister or or the spouse. You know, um, you know, or or the the leak that the you had in the bathroom and it's stressing you out. Just for one hour, you forgot about it. So that's why I always say, don't let photography stress you out. You know, it's that simple. Yeah, it's so true. You you sound so incredibly self aware and so very much aware of of other people's experiences and emotions and and everything. I guess how how have you developed that? Do you feel throughout your life? Because it just seems like some people are natural at it, but. Yeah, I just wonder, how have you developed that ability to be so yeah, self-aware and, and able to do this with people? Um, I think, number one, it's dealing with so many people, okay? Like, I am honestly the biggest messer. I am the biggest messer, and I want to be the center of attention all the time. And anyone that knows me will say that. But there's a time and a place, and I think this is where common sense comes into it, you know? Uh, and as I say, common sense is not so common. Um, but you just learn about how to deal with different people, you, you know, and, and the first thing I do is right. Like we are a group of five or six people in a van or in a cabin or, or in a hotel. And we are going to spend the majority of our time together over the next week. And I don't want to just have these people saying hello. Like for, for instance, now I bought like literally I went in through the deep end. Honestly, when I started this, I hadn't a penny and my dad helped me out a little bit at the start. And, I went and I was looking at vans, nine-seater vans from the very start. And I had a budget of like seven grand. And I ended up spending like 18 grand on my first van. My dad helped me a little, but obviously I had to pay him back. And here I am, six years later, three years after that, I, I traded in that van and I bought a new van in January 2020. Obviously COVID came then. But now I have a van to call my own. I don't own a thing on it. And the reason I got the van I didn't want, and there is some workshops around, and it's not this and them, by the way, but those there's a lot of workshops where it's all follow me, convoy stuff, right? Number one, having a van, better for the environment. Is it the reason I bought the van? No, right? Do I care about the environment? Yes, but it wasn't my thought process, okay? So, but having the van, it meant that all my, me and my group are together. We're going for sunrises together. We're going for tea and coffee together. We're going for sunsets together. We're going for astro together. Everything is together. You know, if you do these things in convoy, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's harder when people are strangers. If I have a car and everyone's following me, it's very rare you would have where like you five clients. They're, they're going to be strangers to each other. It's very rare one is going to say to the other, oh sure, you come with me and park your car. They're all going to be nervous. They're all going to be, you know, quiet. And it's a case that the five clients will follow you. And there you are. All of a sudden, you're in six you're six cars traveling to locations. Um, if you're doing that for a day or two or three, like, people don't get to know each other, you know? And you don't get to know them. You, you get to know nothing about them. I don't want someone to come and go, and that's it. What did you learn? Shorter speed. What did you learn? Long exposures. 
I want to learn. I want to know that they learn something, but I want to know something about them and I want them to know something about me. And that way we can have a mutual understanding. Then I know how to approach them as clients. You know, they might have a discussion in the van with, with another client. And I'm like, right, okay, this person's a bit more sensitive than this person. If this one's struggling, I can give them a physical hug. Hugs make people feel better. It makes me feel better. It doesn't make everyone feel better. But if there's someone that I think, okay, they won't want to hug, I'll approach them in a different way. You know, so it's just trying to understand and observe people's, um, you know, uh, like, like not just them, their personalities, because we're all different. And I think that over time, I've always been Jack the Lad, but I've always been a sensitive soul as well. Um, and I think that probably helps because you can get best, best of both worlds. You don't let anyone mess you about. But you also want to be conscious of everybody else's feelings and, and give them, as I say, not just a photography tour, a, a whole experience, you know, that they talk about for the rest of their lives. That's so lovely. So, so lovely. Um, you know, I love how you speak there about what the van has given you in terms of keeping everybody together. It's funny because the, the workshops I've done the last few weeks have been more of the last few years, sorry, has been more of the convoy style purely because I've not been able to afford a van. But one of the great things is that often I will have a client in my car and sometimes because they have, we all have dinner together when we arrive, people get to know each other and then people are happy to share cars. So like not everybody's in their own individual car. But one thing I'm realizing now is I don't want that. I want to find locations where we're all together, where people can stay on site. They've all got their own little pods or something. So, so they've got their own space, but we have this like indoor space for learning you walk out the door and you've got so much of nature around you. So it's, again, creating that community and that inclusion, but in a different way and a different style of workshop and much more suited to, to me as well, which is, is lovely. But yeah, I love how for you, it's all about that experience, about the shared experience and about really getting to know each other. And I think it'd be good now to, to go back to, to your experience with photography as well. And one thing that you seem to love a lot is the Northern Lights. And you've got some incredible images of them when you're um, marketing some of your workshops on your website so I just wondered how, how do you feel when you're out there underneath incredible lights like that because we're coming up to another big solar cycle now so the next year or two is going to be amazing hopefully yeah um I suppose it's probably something that makes me emotional um you know and and do you know what I don't ha like I do have a passion for northern lights you know I have honestly one of my best friends is um a guy called Adrian Maudui and he lives up in northern Norway, and I got to know him five or six years ago. And you know, you know what? What one of my great passions is being able to say, call someone a friend, and then be able to get them involved in what I do. And Adrian Maudui is the most knowledgeable person I've ever ever come across. And like for for passion for the northern lights, but also knowledge. Right? I have honestly learned. And, and, and this is what I like to do as well. I want people to learn without realizing they're being taught, you know, and, and that's what I've got from Adrian. Like Adrian's telling me this stuff and I'm like off to la-la land, you know, in, in my head. He's explaining all these scientific uh, ways and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then a week later, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what he meant. You know what I mean? So it, it's not even that I have a mad, it, I do have a passion for it, but it's not crazy passionate, but it's just a feeling when it's happening. Um, it's hearing people, seeing and hearing people's reactions. It, it's one of the best things as a photographer, uh, as a workshop leader that you can get. Um, 
especially with a small intimate group you hear every honestly moan and groan and 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 word that comes out of their mouth you know if you have a group of 20 people like again nothing this is just how i like to work it's nothing got to do with me saying anybody else is bad that does this this is just how i work but it's just hearing people's reactions honestly like it's it's just amazing um and i suppose my love for the northern lights over the past few years has literally just been under the northern lights and and like you know when i'm in northern norway you know it's that waiting game and if you're waiting for hours and hours and hours next thing bingo it happens it's such a relief and obviously then that gives you a buzz you know you've been so frustrated and you could wait for three hours just for a clearing or worse again when when the skies are completely clear and there's just no activity is way more frustrating than a cloudy sky and aurora happening. It really is because you're so close yet so far away. Um, but then when that persistence, like so a, a guy, my local camera shop that I buy all my gear from, a guy, uh, Dave Whelan, Whelan Cameras in, in, in Ireland here. He years ago told me a great thing. Persistence beats resistance. And it's not just in photography, it's in everything. And and that's what the aurora is, it's persistence. You know, and funny, the resistance of the aurora is what causes a boomerang and to go crazy. So kind of ties in nicely. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's people's reactions, uh, you know, their facial expressions as well. That's one thing, because, you know, you get a lot of people and, and they might say, do you not get sick of seeing it? And I'm like, what, oh, the Northern Lights? And I'm like, <laughs> I spend half my time looking at their faces. Don't mind the Northern Lights, you know? And 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 this year was particularly special. I, I I do five weeks in Norway every year, two in Lofoten, two in Senja, and a bit of time off in between the two of them. This year was particularly different because I was severely sick when I was in Norway. Um, I had very bad gastroenteritis and a load of other things, and I lost about a stone and a half. Um, the good thing is most of the clients were, were repeats. They know what they're going to get from me. They're going to get maximum effort regardless, and you know, um, that's that's exactly what they got. There were four very successful trips, and and everyone that did Lofoten with me this year, bar one person, is coming to Senya with me next year. So, and then the Senya trips were just off the charts successful. And the very last trip, um, I got to bring my dad a, a, along as well. And yeah, um, it's just honestly just to share that experience with my dad. Um, and and you know, there was one night we had to drive from Senya Island where we were staying in the middle of the island to, um, the weather was so bad. I drove four hours into not into like inland Finland, um, to get clear skies because the weather tends to be a bit more settled in there. So it was four hours each way, but I totally worked it. As soon as we got clear skies, bang, we had hours and hours and hours of Aurora. And generally like you're driving back at four or five in the morning and obviously you would be tired, but you're so buzzed up. And you're not tired you're actually singing in the in the van on the way back and clients are singing and they're hooraying and hip hipping and to share that experience with my dad was was one of the best things i'll ever experience you know really really was so um again it just it's it's just about their reactions um and 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 that's number one the aurora is great but seeing their reactions and 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 hearing the stories after you know that's that's just unbelievable mm. I just, I love how you've managed to create a life for yourself where you're doing exactly what you love and you're also being of incredible service to others, giving them this experience, really facilitating that. It's it's such a beautiful thing to do. I mean, 
I can't remember exactly what it said on your website, what you did before photography, but it must be a completely different world now for you. <sighs> it is. It was, uh, if I stayed doing what I was doing, I'd be a rich man now, but um, I was a plumber um, and I did that for 10 years. I was in retail management for a while as well, um, which I enjoy. Again, it was with people. So, you know, I, I, I didn't really mind that, but yeah, the time came just to give it all up and just pursue the, what was now a dream you know it was never a dream <laughs> never did i think i own a camera never mind uh, do this and it's just like gone full circle because now obviously i'm spending more time at home and and this year i've had a lot of health issues like a lot from colonoscopies to you know um tennis elbow to severe back problems to um, even having in a couple of weeks time to see a breast surgeon which as a male some people might laugh <laughs> i laughed at first but you know i don't think it's anything serious but i think i give myself too much time off we we bought a lovely house here um in the west of ireland and you know i said right i'm you know i can't move back from came, when i came back from norway got the keys of the house and that's you know i was like right summer i'm giving myself loads of time off and i did i gave myself like three months off and worked in the house and done so much and I think my body just kind of maybe seized up a little bit and all these problems came. So getting them sorted and feel feel pretty good. Like, um, But yeah, it's it's just turned full circle now to, you know, my life was abroad essentially. Um, like it was crazy what I was doing. And, and I still think I was doing it to my full ability because no clients ever said any different. But I remember one time before COVID getting into Dublin airport at like 12 midnight. And having to be back at the airport at 4 a.m. to fly out 6 a.m. to Italy for a Dolomites workshop. You know, and, and I thought it was great at the time. But COVID made me realize these things and a lot of other things. Like, for instance, uh, last week I had a guy over from the States, uh, Chris Byrne, an amazing photographer from Oregon. Um, and he came over and we spoke for, honestly, four or five years. And I asked him if he ever wanted to come to Ireland and do workshops. Like, I was like, I'm your man. So post-COVID, he finally, you know, we, we talked all the time anyway, but he said, listen, time to pull the trigger. And honestly, like I gave him some images to promote and stuff for next year, 2024. And like we have two 11-day workshops in September next year sold out. And 2025 is almost sold out. And like it just, the, you, I've, I've like worked with another, like I work with a lot of companies, but I suppose this is the newest one. But the oldest, my one of my oldest clients is a company in Switzerland, uh, Amazing Views Photo Photo Tours, and they've been working in Ireland with me for um, four or five years now, like definitely just before COVID. I remember Jennifer, the owner of the company, uh, when I got in touch first and asked if she was interested, she was like, mm, "You don't really see much from Ireland." So. I'm not sure. And I was like, listen, if you come over and you don't like it, that's fine. Just come over and see. The moment she stepped off the plane, she spent a week here. And she's like, oh, I need to come back. And since then, we've run four workshops a year in Ireland. Uh, four completely different ones as well, um, as well, which is great. And that's literally every year since. And like pretty much all of them sell out. And we've even had dozens of people do all four. And... I suppose it's nice to know that because they're coming back for Ireland, but I'd like to think they're maybe coming back for me as well. Um, but you have, again, the other two sides of it is you have the Swiss who don't have a coastline. So they come over and they see our lighthouses and sea stacks and sea arches, and, and they're just totally blown away. But then you have the Americans come over, and I'm like, oh, look at this sea stack. Look at this sea arch. And like, Bernard, we have them in, in America. Like, you know, we do not have history. Show us your castles. 
you know, and, and literally having Chris over last week, uh, bringing him to some castles and, oh, honestly, conditions, the conditions we didn't, like, you know, there was nothing we didn't get. We have the Rock of Castle, which is probably the most famous castle in Ireland on a rock and a castle and fog around it. Oh, you know, it was above the fog, which wow. never happens. I've like, been there, so I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. It's incredible that place, yeah. Yeah, like, and listen, people watching, they might be able to see and they might not be able to see, but literally just kind of newly, newly edited. But I will just see if I can show, like, there it is there. Wow. Oh, my so, goodness. Oh. What a moment. So, sorry. So, yeah, it was. Um, so then we had like a, a little abbey as well, which is only like literally 20 minutes from me. And I knew it was there, obviously, but never went to it. And I've only been living here for like five or six months. So Chris said, oh, such and such an abbey. And I was like, oh, yeah, I live beside that. Like, so we went there and, you know, we went there and that's what we got. Wow. Beautiful so, rainbow. Like we yeah. got loads. And, and the good thing is like, you know, if Chris wasn't over, I wouldn't have been in the position. He's thanking me. And I'm like, no, I need to be thanking you because I see Ireland in different way, a different way again now, because I wouldn't have been at these castles because to Ireland, like Scotland, they're just castles. We see, we have them everywhere. So now I'm seeing both sides of the scale where Switzerland want coast because they have castles that don't have coast. Americans have plenty of coast, but they don't have castles. So that's kind of cool. And, and that's allowed me to build, um, a model on being able to use Ireland to promote all over the place then because you know some people don't have as much history as we do and then some people don't have coastline so it's the best of both worlds you know yeah a hundred percent I think one thing I love I think about what we do is that we we recognize that we learn as much from our clients as we do about ourselves and I've learned so much more about photography since I started working with other people than I did when I was just you know before, before I started you know having clients and, and everything it's it's an amazing two-way relationship and I think those that have that understanding you can create some beautiful connections with the people that, that come to to you know um, take part in your services and enjoy the world with you and one thing I'd love to end on is it says on your website that photography is the the gift that keeps on giving so I wondered if you could explain exactly what you mean by that because it's, it's so true but I'd love to hear it from your perspective like even if I kind of like move away from photography is like I mean just being out with a camera for instance this morning um, you know I told you before unfortunately we found out uh, I found out yesterday that my dog has cancer and he's only got a few weeks to live and honestly devastated about it but I just couldn't sleep and I woke up at 4am and I just went like I, I got up here for a while edited a couple of photos and then about half an hour before sunrise you know it looked like to be a lovely morning and I went out and then like literally 30 minutes after sunrise still couldn't see the sun next of all it just appeared and I was like, wow. So, of course, I checked the like Saharan dust maps and the Canadian wildfire maps. And it was just such a muted sunrise because of the Canadian wildfire smoke, right, which is drifting across the Atlantic to us. And from a non-photography you know, uh, perspective, but still obviously looking at the landscape, the fascination with the fact that smoke is drifting across the Atlantic, obviously from terrible wildfires, you know, to to Ireland and to being like not being able to see the sun like in the in the clear sky until half an hour after sunrise and then it kind of disappeared again and then it came back again and 
an hour later, I was able to get my, my camera and long lens out and look at the sunspots on the sun without a solar filter. So, you know, moving into the photography side of it, like that is a gift, like just to, again, we're just learning every day. And, and it, it was just crazy to be able to see the sunspots on the sun, which is obviously part of how we get the aurora and stuff like that. Um, so, you know yourself when the sun comes up 10, 15 minutes later, it's just too bright. You know, so this was just a red ball. Um, and it, it was just it was just phenomenal to be able to to, to see it like that, you know. Um, and, and another little thing as to why it's the gift that keeps on giving is, for instance, the Lofoten Islands. Uh, everybody knows, or generally everybody knows, uh, that view in the Lofoten Islands of the Red Cabin in the mountain. I'm sure you know it yourself. I'll never forget being there a couple of years ago. And it was on my, had it on my story because that's where people want to go. And a photographer replied to my story and he said, oh, I hate that view. And I said, I love that view. You know, it's that simple. And he replied, he says, ah, oh, like, you know, just everyone shoots it. Like, it's just like, oh, it's such a lame location now. Everyone's there and it's always full. And I said, I said, do you mind if I ask you what you do? And he said, I'm a teacher. I said, so you're going into the same classroom every day and you're telling me this place is crap. And he says, I'm going into the same classroom but have different students every day. And I says, funny you say that. If that's the case and we want to use that analogy, this view is my classroom and the weather is my student. It changes every day. And 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 obviously I got no reply back. And and it wasn't in a nasty way either. It was like just proving a point. You know, like if we look at everything as the same, nothing is ever the same. And you know, like five, six, seven years on from my first time going to the Lofoten Islands, that place still gives me goosebumps because the light is ever changing, the mood is ever changing. And that's not just with there, it's with everywhere. You know, these people that don't want to return to locations that they've been to already, it's so narrow-minded in my opinion. You know, like just enjoy it all. doesn't matter where you are. And that to me is just the gift that keeps on giving. I can be anywhere in the world that I want, you know, and it's that simple. Wow, it's so beautiful. Like everybody's perspective on photography and where they like to photograph is so different. But I love that you see the beauty in the same place over and over again because you're recognizing that every time you go, it's it's so different and and it's unique. And it's again, it's about going to the places that you're feeling a connection with because then you can bring that to your clients. There's no point in you going places that you don't feel a connection with because it's you're not going to be authentic. But you've managed to find the places that really speak to you, bring people to them, and give them these incredible experiences. And I think you're story in many respects is is very inspirational because it shows what a man with a passion and a bit of drive can do and how he can positively impact so many people's lives which is so beautiful so for those listening who have resonated with your story today and would like to connect with you or maybe come on one of your workshops where can they go to find you uh, i'm hoping now a lot of people would be able to find me easily because i um uh, you know I, i'll be arrogant about this but I literally posted a video on Instagram last week of myself in a place called Duloc Valley uh, in County Mayo, where I live here in the west of Ireland. And it's just a funnel. This valley is a funnel. So it's there's a lake and there's the valley. And there was this like crazy gusts of wind, like crazy. So I put my jacket up like I did and I got one of the lads to video me. And I was fully leaning 45 degrees as the wind blew me. And I put it up on Instagram and it's like literally just about to hit 5 million views. And oh my like, gosh. it's just <laughs> honestly like it, it, it means yeah. nothing it's not bringing in it's not paying me but it's still a cool thing to have you know 
Um, and it's brought like again, it's it's not really that good, but it's brought seven thousand new followers on. So I've I've went up to twenty five thousand. So, but in general, Instagram is probably the best way, which is just literally that simple. Uh, BG Landscape Tours, and then um, website then bglandscapetours.ie, and then Bernard Gary Landscape Tours on Facebook and and yeah, whatever else you might find me on YouTube or you know. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bernard. It's been so lovely to speak with you. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best with the future of your workshop business. Kim, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. It really does mean the world to me. As mentioned in this podcast, I'm looking to change how I run my personal photography workshops moving forwards with some interesting photographic connections in-person workshops due to happen in 2024. If you'd like to be the first people to hear about this, please feel free to sign up to our mailing list at photographicconnections.com. And a huge thank you to the wonderful community members that are helping me trial the workshops so I can ensure they are the best they can be for those who want to come. And now that this podcast has come to an end, there's only one thing left for you to do. It's time to pick up your camera and head outdoors. There's so many incredible photographic opportunities just waiting for you to discover.